This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 81 with guest Natalie Berthold. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 81. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. As always, I'm so excited to bring you this week's guest. And by the way, Happy New Year. Did I say that last week? I may have forgotten, but Happy New Year. Um, I hope that the New Year is going really well for you. I hope you're declaring, this is going to be my year. I, I say that every year, and it always is. Uh, there's tremendous power in just declaring that. But uh, you know, speaking of stuff in the New Year, the whole New Year, New You, I wouldn't be a life coach if I wasn't bringing you guys something to um, jumpstart your year. So if you haven't already signed up, the seven-day courage challenge is going on right now. So uh, to be honest, you're a little late if you haven't signed up and you still want to sign up. It started on Monday. So if you're listening to this the day the podcast comes out or maybe the day after, you can still join. Head on over to yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven-day challenge, all one word. What is the seven-day challenge, you ask? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. It's seven days of worksheets and kind of writing prompts where we dig deep with one of my favorite topics, the inner critic and feeling enough. And this will be the third time that I have run it. I have taken over 3,000 women through this and it moves me every single time. And I really want you to come and join us. The best part, I think, is the Facebook group where women are sharing their stuff and their struggles and learning and helping each other. And please join us, yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven day challenge. Each challenge will take you about, 15, I would say like 10 to 15 minutes to complete. And if you are not signed up and you're a little bit late, you will get links to the previous days. So if you sign up, you uh, will probably, you get them in the morning. So you'll get tomorrow's in the morning. And then there will be links in that email for the previous days that you missed. So you can catch up and join us and learn something new and jumpstart your 2016. So... Now that we are uh, got that out of the way, let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Natalie Berthold. Natalie specializes in family systems and family dynamics to get to the root of the issue. Unresolved trauma and family patterns get passed down through the generations and affect us today. Natalie, in a powerfully experiential and I can't even say this word, you guys ready? Phenomenological, I did it, phenomenological way facilitates healing through the generations so that you are free to live your best life. You can find her at natalieberthold.com. You guys, this is about as woo-woo as it gets over here at Your Kick-Ass Life. If you know me, if you followed me, I'm pretty practical. I'm like, tips and tools, people, tips and tools, bullet point me. And that's not what you're getting today. <laughs> We're veering a little bit over to uh I don't want to say the dark side. It's it's the woo-woo side. It's the woo-woo side and you may be like, "What?" But I was just so moved by her. Um I took a, a workshop of her hers. You'll hear more about it in the podcast episode and she blew my socks off. So I had to get her on here and I had to let you all know about her and the work that she does in the world. So without further ado, here is Natalie. 
Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode 81 here with Natalie Berthold, and I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Andrea. <laughs> um, and for those of you who are longtime listeners or who have listened for a while, we had a little bit of audio snafu this morning, so you might hear, it might sound a little bit different than they're used to. My apologies if you're having a little trouble hearing. We'll do the best we can here. And I have been dying to get you on, because let me tell you all a little backstory. So I met Natalie at Soul Camp in September, and I had never heard of what... The, the methodology that, that we're going to tell you about here in a minute is something I had never heard of. And I was kind of like, what? Isn't that just kind of like family of origin therapy stuff? No, it's not. It's something different. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really excited. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. And, and I know that you say that family constellation therapy is much better experienced than explained. But can you do your best to, first of all, tell us what exactly is family constellation therapy? Yeah, and you know what, Andrea, I've been doing this for a while, and it's so funny because I never get better at articulating it. Um, so <laughs> I will try my best in a nutshell. And even when I explain it to clients and then they experience it, they're like, oh, that's nothing what I thought. But in a nutshell, and what's really exciting right now is there's tons of research around epigenetics. If you've been reading the research on, you know, how trauma that our ancestors experienced gets passed down through the generations. So basically, you know, we are living our lives, navigating our lives as a result of things that mom went through and grandma went through and great-grandma went through. The therapy really served was allocating out what's theirs and what's ours. That we're free to move forward and experience our own lives. Mm, okay. So I was I was actually before we did this interview, I was looking on Wikipedia about it, just you know, just seeing what Wiki had to say about it. And <laughs> the history of it is really interesting. So isn't it like there was a guy who was studying some kind of tribe or something that was really happy? Am I understanding that yeah. correctly? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> the mystery, the man who therapized it, who made it a therapy for Hollander, was a priest, a Catholic priest for 30 That's years. Right. And he was down in South Africa trying to convert these tribes to Catholicism, as everyone was doing at the time, the Zulu tribes. And he noticed that they were actually really happy, and they were living their lives really well, and they were way happier than Americans and Europeans and anyone in the West. And so he said, you know, who am I to try to convert you guys to Catholicism. Why don't you teach me your ways of living? And he did. And he kind of coined them the orders of love. And they have all these ways of handling and dealing trauma in a way that is freeing for everyone. And um, from there, he created a therapy around how they were already living their lives. Okay. That's, it's really interesting. And so from what I gather, and I, I went to one of your workshops over at Soul Camp. And so basically how it work sort of if if you're going to explain that part like let me let me see if I can explain this because this is this might be hilarious actually <laughs> so, yeah I've taken it one 30 minute workshop therefore I am an expert <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it sort of like the way that you 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 set people up and it's it's sort of like people moving around the room and changing geography and it's it's you mm -hmm. allow them to kind of 
see what feels right in terms of their position um, with other family members or even think because we did like a money workshop and you had like one person would represent money and then you are like yourself and you have money move around the room and like where do you want money to be and, and it's sort of like that correct <laughs> sort of yeah so in a nutshell we all kind of have this field around us they call it and it's this phenomenological field and where, where everything was and everything is and it sounds so hokey pokey but it's like all all of your ancestry, all of what happened lives in yourself, lives in your DNA. And so that energy is around you all the time. So in that way, we can set up this phenomenological sort of morphogenic field, which is when you watch birds fly or you watch schools of fish, you know, they, they move in that field. They know exactly where to move. They know exactly how to follow, where to follow to get from where they're going to where they're, you know, going to. And so, this energetic field is around us. And so in that way, we're able to set up family of origin and ancestry. And basically what normally happens, the workshop you were in was sort of atypical, meaning not typical, uh, of a constellation workshop because it had so many people. I don't usually set up like <clears throat> dynamics like you and money. And it's, it's helpful, but I find the deeper, deeper, deeper work is let's set up your parents, let's set up your grandparents. So how it typically works is someone comes to me with an issue and usually it's like anyone, it's around relationships or finances or health, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of set up their family of origin and it creates an out picturing of this internal image that's affecting that issue. So maybe, you know, mom and dad aren't facing each other or maybe you're in the middle of mom and dad or whatever the, the issue might be. Maybe mom was not present for you. And that's affecting your relationship, your health, or your finances. And so then we kind of organically people reposition and move and to create a more internal image that is conducive to moving forward to have that kick-ass life that you help people to have. Um, And then that becomes a new output stream of the internal image that you're walking around with. So if you imagine a broken or fragmented or traumatic image or lenses that you're seeing the world in and meeting people, I mean, you can kind of heal that and recreate it and not carry all their crap and not, you know, be a product of their trauma. You have a much better experience in life and you have that kick-ass life. And again, it's so hard to articulate that in a way that it really lands with people, but I hope that kind of helps explain Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Well, and maybe it'll help if I share my experience and and what happened for me in in the workshop. And and even you said it was an atypical workshop, but I I found it to be really profound. And and I'm someone actually that I have a harder time with any kind of somatic exercise where I have to get out of my head and really get in touch with my body and how does that feel? I'm like, I don't know, but I can tell you what I think. And so that's that's always I'm I'm always a little hesitant and to be honest, like skeptical about this. But I'm like, well, you're I'll- my favorite client. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Andrea, just really quick, I noticed on your website you struggled with eating disorders in the past. Mm-hmm. Like I, and that's common with eating disorders people. They're more mental yeah. than able to land in their body and experience somatic exercises. So. Anyway, I love the skeptics, but I'd love to hear your experience. Yeah. You know, I told you quickly at Soul Camp, but um, kind of in passing. And so what happened for me is is uh, Natalie was offering a 
um, family constellations workshop around money. And so I'm like, okay, I'll go see this because for me, I have reached a, um, earning income plateau over the last three years. I've made the same amount of money. And so I'm like, something's going on. And, um, and it didn't really make any sense. Like there shouldn't be any reason that I've, I've, that I haven't made more money. And I've, and I always chalked it up to, well, I've just never been somebody who's motivated by money. Um, you know, and just made all these excuses for it. And so I went to the workshop and what Natalie had us do is we partnered up and I did not know the person that I was partnered up with. I don't know if that was on, I don't think that was on purpose. It was just by chance. And so we, we took turns either being ourselves or our partner represented money. And when it was my turn to be myself and my relationship with money, what Natalie had us do is um, she had us as ourselves go to a spot. We were in the big dining hall. Like go, she said, go to a sp- anywhere in the room where you feel comfortable. And we did that. And I picked a spot. And my money partner, the person that I was partnered up with that was representing money, she was, I don't know, maybe 50 feet away from me. And she said, okay, now money, make your way over to your partner. And then as myself, I got to kind of do whatever felt right to me as money was approaching me. So I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> whatever. So my partner's approaching me and she came to stand really close to me. Like and she came to step in front of me and I immediately mm. was like uncomfortable, not because I didn't know this person and she was invading my personal space, but like I actually tried to think of if this person is, is money, I don't want you right in front of me. I want you and, – and you encouraged us to position ourselves – as opposed to money, however we wanted to. So I was like, okay, I want you at my side. I want you to, you can face me, but I want you in my peripheral vision. Like I want you there, but not too close. <laughs> I want you to get too close, mm-hmm. but I want you there. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting. And I'm looking around the room and people were doing different things. And so I'm staring straight ahead, you know, not looking at money. And you were talking, I don't even actually even remember what you were saying, but it suddenly dawned on me like a ton of bricks, what, and for me, what it unlocked in just that short amount of time was, a, was the story that I was making up. Cause I kept asking myself, okay, why do I not want money to be right in front of me? What, what is going on? What am I, there's gotta be something that I'm making up. And I mean, trust me, like my colleagues over the last like three, four years have been working on their money stories and they've been coming to all these big conclusions about how they were raised with money. And I was like, I don't have one. My parents never talked badly about wealth. They never talked good about wealth. Like I don't have like this obvious story about money. So I'm like, ah, what is that? And then finally it dawned on me. And I think you said you have a similar story. As I'm like asking the universe, like, what, what is this? Why can't I face money? So when I was growing up, um, we, I, you know, your typical middle-class family, my parents loved me very much. I was very blessed in terms of my childhood. Um, and we didn't have a ton of money. Like I was never really spoiled, but we had enough and I was happy and safe and everything was great. And then the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year, my dad had, had gotten a new job and he made more money. And we moved into a gated community. It was a brand new house. Um, my dad bought a Mercedes. We, there was, it's, we had more money. We weren't suddenly rich, but we did have, I would say, somewhat significantly more money than we had before. And that was also around the time that my parents' marriage fell apart. And by the time I was a senior, 
Um, they, my mom left and my parents divorced and that was it. So what I realized in that moment as I'm like wanting money just to be like at an arm's distance was that I had made up a story that any kind of like increase in income equaled family disintegration. And I was like mm-hmm. crying. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love it. It was so obvious. And so now what I've done is since I've been back from Soul Camp is, is just really reminded myself that money is safe because I've made up the bottom line of it is that I have made up that um, any kind of wealth or like abundance is unsafe. Yeah. And honestly, Andrea, like when I work with anyone on money it's, and they don't have more than they want, usually it is coming back to something that feels unsafe. And, and I did have a similar dynamic. We really grew up very, very low income. And then my dad got a job with a lot of money. And that's when my parents' marriage hit the fan. And it was just the same thing. Like money comes with a bigger price than the money, you know, mm-hmm. comes with a big, big price. And so for you, I think having it peripherally to your side and maintaining keeps you and your family safe. You're married. You have children. You know, it really does. And God bless you for, for taking that seriously and letting it, you know, keep your family together, so to speak. But And I would also, for your next um, piece of it, talk to mom and dad and say, do I, you know, do I have permission to make more money and not have my marriage fall apart? Mm-hmm. And of course, because they love you, they're going to say yes, but it's just an extra bit of freedom around it and talk to your husband about it and continue, yes, to say money, you know, money is safe and money doesn't have to come with such a price for me. I'm allowed to do it a little differently, um, you know, and ha- I'm curious, has your revenue increased since you've worked on that? It has, actually. And okay, I'm sorry, great, the mailman is here and my, just now leave it, leave it. Sorry, <laughs> no it's the holidays and there's lots of packages yeah, being delivered. Yeah, this is life. Hey, like the, 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 the phone stuff we ran into this morning. Speaking of money, okay. yeah. But no, um, it, it has. And good. it and I the thing was is that I walked away from that lesson um unattached to the outcome because I could have say like, oh, that's it. Like now it's I'm gonna unlock this and money's just gonna come flying in. It's gonna start, you know, rain cash. And I was like, no, that's actually probably not gonna happen. And I'm like really okay if it doesn't. And I just I want it to be organic and just but I, I think mostly it's like the angst went away. You know what I mean? Right. So that that's, I think, what was really, really helpful. And because safety is surrounding your money stuff, it really wouldn't have been safe, Andrea, to like walk away and triple your income overnight. It would have had to be this slow and steady thing that you're testing out. Like, okay, is my marriage okay? I'm making more money. Yes, let me get acclimated to this amount. Okay, let me make a little more and get acclimated. And so I'm glad it didn't come like a dam mm-hmm. rushing in and that's, Again, when safety is involved, that's not really, I don't really recommend that, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So good. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And, and I, it just was, I've never, because that was one of those things, like, we can overthink that to death. And this, that what right. you provided was an exercise that got me out of my head and actually moving around the room and thinking about things in a different, in a different way. And so that's what was really, that's what I loved about it. And I think also as powerful as money is, um, you know, I was reading your blog and you had a really interest, interesting blog post called, and, and any of these links, you guys are at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 81. There's a direct link. You wrote, um, it, the blog post is called Right Relationships with Mom Can Make Magic Happen. And you discuss the mother-daughter relationship. And I mean, my clients 
um, I would say probably 85% of them struggle with their relationship with their mother. And these aren't like tumultuous relationships. They're just something's happened in the past and just stuff. And, and what you mentioned in this post is that healing that relationship can give us freedom in all areas of our lives. And so how do you, my question for you is how do you do that? If the mother is unwilling to be the mother that the daughter needs. That's a really great question. First of all, I, you know, believe that 85% of your clients have those issues because it's that sweet spot of your clients are looking for that kick-ass life. So they're, they were nurtured enough to really want that for themselves, but there's still a piece missing. And often Mm -hmm. it does just take a little tweak, you know, here and there. But, you know, what I love about this therapy is it's so empowering. So before when I would go to regular therapy, they'll encourage you to talk shit about your mom and dad. They'll encourage you to say, yeah, you know, mom wasn't there for you. Screw her. Create some distance with her. Um, they really encourage that. And in consolation therapy, your parents give you life, and that's very precious. And anything on top of that is considered icing on the cake. And that's kind of a tough pill to swallow, but I really like it. Um, and it encourages you to take the power. So our moms are mom, the moms that they are because they experience trauma. They experience, you know, a limited amount of love behind them. And they're moving forward as much as they're able to. And so if we can, A, through the therapy, sort of broaden the lens and say, well, why couldn't my mom love me the way I needed? And if we can look at her mom, we can see pretty quickly almost always why. Mm-hmm. And this therapy also encourages you. So you're not going to change your mom at this point. You're the one with the awareness. What you need to do is, you're, you know, reposition yourself as her daughter and only her daughter and not her partner, not her therapist, not her parent, you know, none of that. And to live your best life and to take what you're able to get, take what you're able to get from mom, receive what you're able to get, but don't expect more than she's able to. And to really take ownership yourself of moving forward, getting resourced elsewhere through yoga, through your partner, through your friends, um, in a way that through therapy in a way that you're not always lack, 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 because your relationship with your mother is your first relationship in life. And so whatever's missing there or you're still holding on to there or rejection is there, it's how you face the world and it's how you relate to life, it's how you relate to the world, it's how you relate to partners and all those things. So, you know, I mean, I, and then you become a parent who is not the greatest and mm-hmm. you blame it on your mom, but your mom doesn't get to blame it on her mom. So... It's just really um, not expecting mom to be the mom that you would like her to be because she's not going to be. She had her own wounds and you can sit in life wishing, waiting, hoping forever that she's going to be that dream mom and meanwhile your life is passing you by. So it really just puts some ownership on you to move forward despite it all and to take what you can get and take the blessings and, and that's hard for people, but once they get wrapped their head around that, life is a lot easier. They're not swimming upstream the whole Mm -hmm. way. They're letting life force and flow, which is mom, stand behind them and and effortlessly allow them to move forward in a way that you can't when you're still angry at your mother. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of compassion that happens in family constellation therapy. A lot. You don't have sides. And there's not... 
good to guy, bad guy. It lifts broad in the field and has compassion for everything. Compassion is the only thing that moves things, you know, and it's really beautiful. And um, and everyone has a part in relationships, you know. Everyone takes their own part in downfall of relationships. And it's just, yeah, it's not about blame and separation. It's about reconciliation and bringing together that which is separate. So mm-hmm. it's really, it's really beautiful. That, that, that is, that it sounds like it. And what has been, I know I shared my story with money and I know that I think that you said that you had a significant shift in your own life being a client of a uh, family constellation therapy. So what has been the most significant shift in your own life using this? You know, I mean, everything has shifted, but the first thing that shifted that got me into studying and doing family consolation therapy was my 15-year eating disorder, um, my battle with bulimia. And I was just really put together in other ways and, quote-unquote, knew better and, you know, had a, quote-unquote, spiritual practice and tried hypnotherapy. I mean, I tried everything under the sun, but I still binged and purged constantly and felt so ashamed about it. And, of course, it affected. I couldn't be in a relationship like that. I couldn't, you know. Everything was affected. And I was um, teaching engineering down in South America, and I experienced the work for the first time, and I understood my eating disorder on a level that I had never understood it before, and I stopped emerging from then on. And this is something that I struggled with daily for 15 years, 12 to 15 times a day. So as you can imagine, it really struck me. And at the same time, I said, oh, I know that I'm going to be doing this work for a living because it affected me so much. And from there, you know, now I have a baby, I have a partner, I have, you know, I'm living very comfortably. It's just affected, I have a great relationship with my parents now, or before, I, I really struggled with them. Um, and so it's, it's impacted all areas of my life, but certainly that first initial, wow, was the hook for me, but I think it had to happen that way too, because this is the work I was meant to be doing. So, um, yeah. Hmm. I feel indebted to it. Please, I'll bet. Yeah, that's well. It's a. It's a. At this, I mean, to think that you battled with bulimia that severely, and um, and that family constellation therapy helped that much, and just out of curiosity, because I feel like eating disorders are so there's so much shame. It's just shrouded and cloaked in shame, and a lot of the work that I do is around shame and. Do you think that uh, – tell us, does, does Family Constellation Therapy deal with that and kind of uncover some of it and shift that around? I, I imagine it has to. Definitely. I mean, I feel like any time shame is so unbearable and disproportionate, right? So the amount of shame you're carrying, is it proportionate to what you've actually done wrong? Usually not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, same, the, the case for me. I carried so much shame and guilt. And you know what? A lot of it wasn't even mine. It was connected to a murder in my family system. Um, and so the shame and guilt, and this was like way beyond Constellation 101, but Bulimia is a very, along with some other disorders, is a very, quote-unquote, victim-perpetrator disorder because you binge and you purge. You're sort of entangled with the victim and the perpetrator of an event in the family system. Not always, Mm -hmm. but in my case and in a lot of cases. So the binge part and the purge part were each connected to the person that got killed in my family and then the murderer who, there, there was never justice or closure or any of that. And so 
I was carrying so much shame and guilt that, you know, that a murderer was carrying. And again, this sounds so crazy, but um, it, it, I encourage you if you if you feel a lot of shame and guilt, say, is this even proportionate to what I've done in my life? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, which most of the time it's not, it's probably connected to something else in the family system, whether it's, you know, uh, gambling, cheating, lying, who knows? It doesn't have to be as nefarious as a murder. But oftentimes we do kind of atone or take on other people's wrongdoings in the family system. We get entangled in it. So for me, that was the connection. And that's what set me free was like, holy shit, like this had nothing to do with me. And I got to let it go. And I was free after that. Wow. Um, and I didn't, I don't carry shame and guilt in disproportionate ways. You know, I might like do a little thing wrong and feel it for a moment and let it go. But I was consumed by it before. Um, and consumed interesting word, right, with eating disorder. So just to, in any emotion in life, to think is this sort of out of my control and disproportionate to what would actually be appropriate here. And if it is, it probably is connected to something behind you. Well, I think most of the time, well, I don't know if I should blanket that so much, but I would say often people feel shame for merely existing, and so if right. you're listening and that's you, it might be something to look into. And it just, it's, it's the whole, I mean, you guys might be listening and being like, what? Like, it just is really fascinating. Like, think about, I, I'm a true believer that we hold on to things. And I, and I, I was so skeptical of this until I went through a really traumatic divorce and um, my doctor and I, I do have a point. It's, I'm going the long way, but my doctor and my therapist both said I was suffering from PTSD. And I was like, there is no way that I, I have never been in war. I have never been violently raped. I've never been abused severely. Like that's PTSD is saved for those people. And so I, I didn't believe it until I walked into my former place of work, which was the same place that I got served divorce papers. Like that's where I worked when everything went down. And I had a physical reaction when I walked into the building. And I liked my job there at the time. It didn't have anything to do with the job. It just was like the experience I had personally and emotionally in my personal life when I was working at that job. So that was my first indication like, oh, my body remembers this. So mm-hmm. that's when I really became a believer of, of work like yours, because I think that experiences are stored in our tissues. And I think Absolutely. that they're not just our experiences. I think, you know, and I, I really went, I think I was, it's on your website somewhere you were talking about your relationship with your mother and how the, the eggs that became us were in our mother's little tiny baby wombs <laughs> when, when, um, I think when she, she was, was five months right. So mother. when she was in her mother's womb, our right. eggs were so basically like we've lived in the bodies of our grandmothers. Exactly. That to me is like holy yeah. shit. Okay, so it's a little out there, but I do, I do believe that that these types of things can be passed down to generations, and that's again in a nutshell, sort of with the work that you do. And um, you know, I think about my parents' parents and grandparents and. The emotional, I mean, nobody really um, was into self-help back then, you know, (laughs) feeling and talking about their feelings and those, no, not, didn't really happen. So I can imagine. And when they bypass those things, they're more susceptible to get passed down. And Mm -hmm. they didn't have the outlet for it, but they bypassed a lot of things and so it went to the next generation. Exactly. I know we're dealing with a lot of our own in their stuff. 
Yes, yes. So I have one more question before you for you before we um, wrap it up. And I just want to know what surprises you about the work you do with your clients? What surprised me? You know, I love being surprised every day. I, I'm a very analytical person as you are. I was teaching engineering. I like facts. I like research. I like data. Um, and so to even be doing this work that seems kind of woo-woo and phenomenological surprises me anyway that I do it every day, but it's so powerful that I believe it. Um, and then just to work with my clients and see over and over and over again them go, oh, my God, that, that's so my mom, that's so my dad, that's so this, that's so that. And it, and it just it just keeps surprising me every single day. Like, I go in very unattached and very innocently and very, like, each family is a snowflake. I don't have preconceived ideas of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and whatever. Um, and just surprised at how the field just takes on a life of its own. It's such a phenomenon happens and it, how freeing it is for people. And also, my mind needing to understand how things work and still having no idea how the hell this thing works. You know, it's just, <laughs> it surprises me every day and I love it. And I love that there's something bigger and more powerful than we are that is at work here that can continue to surprise me. So just, I mean, just every day that I work with clients, this uh, surprises me yeah. about, you know, and often the kind of things that people are like, oh, duh, I never thought about that we're not entrained to think about those things and this work works on the hidden patterns the, the blind love we call it mm-hmm. um and so it's just you know it's very it's very amazing to to yeah i, I mean i don't know i could go on and on and i know surprises me in many ways. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't keep doing it unless you were surprised all the time at that, the breakthroughs and transformation you see. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here and tell everyone the best way to be able to find you. You do live workshops in New York city, don't you? I do. I do live workshops in New York City. I um, used to do a lot of in-person one-on-ones, but now that I have a baby, it's more on phone. But I totally have, you know, half more than half my clients are phone. Um, they're not in New York City, and it totally works that way, too. Um, I do, yeah, I do all sorts of stuff. I'd say the best way to find out more is, yes, my website, com, and it has just all the ways they work and workshops and retreats and yada, yada, yada. Awesome. Um, yes. And all those links Thank are you. at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 81. Direct links to the blog post that um, I mentioned about the mother-daughter relationship as well as Natalie's um, probably most recent workshops and and all that great stuff from her. And thank you so much again for being here and, and, and doing your best to explain this magnificent work that you do in the world. <laughs> yeah, this is my honor. Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. Oh, you're so welcome. Excited. And until... Clients and, with their best kick-ass life. Yes, <laughs> well, they're trying. They're trying. They do their best, my ass kickers. So until next time, everyone, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. <laughs>